Welcome to Once and Future Authors, Changing Lives One Book at a Time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the show. I'm Stephanie, and I'm so excited to be joined today by Captain Sean Tortora. He's a master mariner whose new book, Steaming to Djibouti, uh, shot to number one, and we are so excited to have you here to tell us all about, well, Steaming to Djibouti. Nice to meet you. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. Uh, master mariner. I, that's bigger than a fishing boat, isn't it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Well, a master mariner is uh, someone who is licensed uh, for an unlimited size ship. It could be the, the captain of any, like an aircraft carrier or something. That size, bigger, bigger. So like the, the size on this? Yes, that, that was actually my ship. I was captain of that one. Wow, that is definitely bigger than the last fishing boat I was <laughs> And you're also a professor at the Merchant Marine Academy. Yes, I, uh, when I retired from going to sea, I started teaching at the uh, Merchant Marine Academy, yes. So you don't get seasick, do you? Uh, no, actually, uh, I do. Uh, <laughs> I did. And uh, I would tell the young officers, it's okay because uh, Lord Nelson, the famous Admiral Nelson, was known to be seasick. Really? Yes, yes. He, that was one of the things about him. And uh, he was one of the greatest tacticians. Uh, uh, but in any case, especially on my smaller ships, uh, when we would get underway, I would tell all, all the whole crew, come on up and get your seasick pills. And I would say, look, don't be afraid to take it. I'm going to be the first one. And I, I showed them, I'm taking mine. I want everybody to take Because the last thing I know, if they get sick, now I lose a person in right, the crew. Right, right. So I said, don't, it's not a sign of weakness. Lord Nelson was seasick, so, uh, and I'm taking mine. The captain here, I'm taking mine. Watch. So, <laughs> and then they all took it. Well, that makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. Yeah, now they, they have those little, did you ever see uh, those yeah, pressure things? They don't work. Really? No. I tried all that. You got to take the pill, huh? Yeah, the pill was really all that works. <laughs> and you get the non-drowsy one because the certain ones make you drowsy. So. Hey, who knew I was? But you only need it for a couple of days, and then once your inner ear uh, equilibrium gets you're pretty good to go. Really? Oh, I yeah. didn't realize. That. I thought it was like forever you no, have to take no. that pill. Once you get your sea legs on, so uh, so to speak. So that's like an actual thing to get your sea legs. Yes. Well, that's also for walking on the ship because. When the ship is moving, you're walking down the hallway, you, you look like a drunk walking back and forth because the ship is moving. <laughs> but eventually, your body will adjust for that, and you'll be able to anticipate when the ship moves, and you actually walk straight now, and that's part of getting your sea legs. Wow. So this was your ship, this one in the picture here. Yes, is your yes, actual ship, yes. Wow. Now, do they graduate you? Like, do you start with something smaller? Uh, oh, well, once you're... Uh, you know, it depends on the company, but my company didn't. Uh, uh, Master Mariner, when you're, when you're, you That's can it. go to any Here's ship. a big ship, here's the keys. Well, <laughs> and actually, the bigger the ship, 
the easier it is. Really? Yes. That, that sounds like one of those things that you just kind of say. No, 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 it's true. Uh, uh, the bigger the ship, the better it, it, it handles, the better it rides on the ship, and the more uh, support staff you have okay. uh, with you, the bigger the crew. Uh, so it's actually, the smaller the ship is actually, and when I say small, they're all unlimited tonnage. So when I, when I say small, instead of like, that's like a 50,000 ton ship. So maybe go down to a 25,000 ton ship or uh, 15,000 ton ship. There's more work for the, for the captain of the crew because there's less of them. So it's actually uh, less work on the, on the bigger ships. When you were a kid, were you like playing Battleship and you were really into it? I mean, was that what the dream from? Well, my father was a chief engineer, so I knew a lot about it. Uh, and I started sailing, sailboat racing very young uh, on the Long Island South Shore. Nice. So I, I was progressing that way uh, all through. I had an idea. Uh, that I wanted to uh, go to sea, and then it just kind of sort of progressed that way where I went to college and whatnot. Fantastic. That's exciting. So you have literally been, I mean, I'd never heard of Djibouti before this. Evidently, it's a real place. Uh, yes, it is. It's, uh, it's a city-state. <laughs> okay. It's on the east coast of Africa, right around the Horn of Africa. It's in a very uh, strategic location uh, militarily and uh, in the area of the Gulf, Gulf of Oman and the Red Sea, it's right there. Um, and for our anti-piracy operations, because I worked, my ship was a, a Navy ship. We were, okay. that's a hub, that's a logistics hub for uh, US uh, fleet and Navy and NATO ships. But it is a sad place. It's, it's, it's abject poverty, I say. It's, it's very sad and corrupt. Wow. Uh, you said piracy, so it's near like Somalia. And it's right next to it. It's, it's okay. a country right next to Somalia. Okay. You Somalia to the south, you got Ethiopia to the north. Do you ever deal with pirates? <laughs> yes, yes, we did. We, we had to take, it was a funny story because, uh, you know, they're not going to, big gray ship with a number in the front, U.S. Navy ship, you know, it looks like even though they're uh, uh, merchant mariners running it, uh, they don't want to attack us. But what it is, one of the Navy ships, had four pirates uh, that they were holding and uh, they had to go to port and we were looking for a port in the area that would take the pirates. Uh, you know, uh, Oman didn't want them, Kenya didn't want them, uh, you know, we wouldn't give them back to Somalia because they'd just go right back out. So you couldn't go into port with any of these pirates. So they transferred them to my ship and we put them on my ship and we put them down the cargo hold and, uh, you know, they put the, the uh, U.S. Marines on there for guarding them. And then we had uh, the Constantina wire around uh, where they were staying and, and ahead and everything like that. Um, and uh, it was rather sad because they, you know, you had to teach them some basic things like uh, sanitation and whatnot. Wow. They weren't, weren't familiar with that uh, for the ship. But uh, and then eventually we gave them back to the Navy. No one would eventually take them, so they sent them to New York for trial. Who knows? They're probably you know somewhere in the city now. <laughs> so, so that's what happens to pirates out there. They end well, up it, it, in New York it, somehow. If we, if the countries won't take them and wow. we captured them, we have to bring them back. They get a trial here in in, in Manhattan, and then uh, chances are, if they didn't uh, kill anyone or anything like that, I'm I'm, I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're a hundred times better off now. They're like the best thing that ever happened to them. Wow. <laughs> I never thought about. 
about that. Every time I hear pirates, I'm sure they don't look like pirates, do they? No, no. The 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 Somali pirates or the or the Africa pirates uh, pirates are not like the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pi with the pirates patch. of the Caribbean. No, no, no. They're they're very they're very tall. They're skinny. Okay. Um, we used to call them thins. Really? Yeah, yeah. They they're, they're malnutrition. Yeah. You know, they, they, they don't have enough food to eat. So do they pirate just hoping that they'll get captured and brought to something better? Is that a, is that a method? Uh, I don't think they do think that. that. I think that far ahead? I think they're pressured to by the warlords right. that run the country that they have to. I don't think they really want to. Um, you know, I, I've never, I mean, they would never. I, I've seen some of their methods of how they get their ships. They pretend they're in distress and a ship has to go near them and then they have to break out all their weapons. Uh, that's how we caught a group once. Wow. They were in a, a boat. It looked like distress. I brought the, the big ship over there, and they immediately put their hands up because they saw the big gray ship. <laughs> the big gray ship with the big number yeah, in the front. And the, yeah, and the 50 cal wow. caliber weapons. Of it, so, you know, and then, and then we transferred to a Navy ship. And, but, uh, yeah, pirate. it's gotten a lot better since we started acting there around 2009. About 10 years ago was the worst, around 2008, 2009. Um, but over the years, uh, since we've been very active there, and that actually was the original uh, purpose of the U.S. Navy, was to protect the sea lanes so okay. for, for, for commerce, for shipping. Right, right. And if you go back far enough, they, the Barbary pirates, okay. uh, that, you know, the Navy went there. So I thought it was interesting because the Navy was doing what they were originally designed to do. So... Uh, uh, definitely uh, was in interesting, uh, but it's it worked. Uh, you know now the navy. You know the uh, we escort the ships and back and forth. So the the piracy is uh, chances have, have really dropped. Really yeah, yes. Good for you. I I know steaming to Djibouti is uh, all sorts of stories uh, about your your first foray, but I'm sure you have so many. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's part of the problem going to sea too long and I always tell the students, uh, I said, you see all these stories I have? That means I went to sea way too long. <laughs> <laughs> but all these were just your first time. Uh, well, there's some flash forwards gotcha. and, uh, foresha there's and then uh, foreshadowing and then right, there's right, right. Uh, flashbacks. So uh, I try to add it all in. Gotcha. And I'm sure with your students, you're telling them all sorts of stories. Uh, do they get, uh, yeah, I'm going back well, home after this. Well, no, they love my class because if they, they have a trick that they try to get me to talk about the stories so I don't teach the class. Oh. And uh, before you know it, because I enjoy telling them all the stories, you know, the time has run out. Right, And right. they're like, yes, we didn't have to have class today. So, so now that you have the book, you can just say, read the book, and then you can keep teaching your class. Well, I, now I say close to that. I say, it's in the book. Yeah. So. Oh, is it? Yeah, you want to read it? I said, you know, can you tell us? I said, it's in the book. Yeah. yeah. But uh, a lot of them, I've told some of them over the years, so now they read the book and they say, I remember when you told us that story. <laughs> so, see, they call my class Sea Stories 101. <laughs> is there like a fan favorite story? There is uh, the helicopter incident. <laughs> <laughs> that is a favorite. Uh, Can you give the, it to uh, us? With, 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 the the sanitized version. The sanitized version. Yes. Well, I was a uh, you know I was I was new. I I would only been on merchant ships. So this is see the company I work for. I work directly for the Navy and all the logistics ships and the um, support ships and underway. 
they're not they're no longer uh, operated by the Navy. They're operated by a civilian a merchant mariners, U.S. merchant mariners who who work directly for the Navy. So I'm on the ship. It's got a helicopter detachment because we transfer cargo ver vertically through the helicopter, and then the helicopter detachment is is Navy, active duty Navy. And uh, you know, I was we were in it was Barry, Italy. I'll never forget the uh, the port. And uh, the captain came on and said to me, it was my first night watch, you know, import night watch. And he said, so how's it going on a ship with a helicopter? Uh, and I said, well, it's interesting, but is the helicopter supposed to move? We're in port, it's moving. Moving. And he was a, a Greek, you know, a Greek descent. Right, so he right. Was a very screamer and, uh, <laughs> and, and they, uh, anyway, he was like, ah, show me. So we go in, and, and the type of helicopter was CH-46. The bulk of the weight was on the, on the actually all the weight sat on the tr tripod aft, and in the front they had one wheel underneath the cockpit that really didn't, it didn't take any weight, but it was just, just for, and it, was, it acted like a piston. It's very sensitive, so if, if anyone's walking around in the cockpit, that thing's moving. Well, we walked in the hangar, and the, uh, the, the, that front piston is going up and down. It's moving, we're in port. Yeah. So the captain said, what the heck? So he, now he's upset, so he says, come on. So we walk in and he walks up the stairs behind the cockpit, looks in, and there is a lieutenant that's a pilot in what I like to say, practicing for his honeymoon with, a, <laughs> with an enlisted young lady. <gasps> um, and when I say practice honeymoon, they they weren't getting married, but that's how I <laughs> you're just being sanitized uh, for us. Well, actually, that's the way I put it in the book too. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, and, and he was I put out, and then uh, you know, the captain had to, you get in my office now. We're gonna have oh this. Oh my gosh! And then he, the guy was about four hundred pounds. He pushes me out the door. I almost tripped down the stairs, and, and then we had a he held the captain's mast right there that night. And the, the, the ironic thing is the young lady was, had asked to leave early deployment right. because she was going home to get married. And no. Not to the guy <gasps> that she was practicing with. So, <laughs> practicing. Long story short, Cap pushes the phone because we had a phone. We're in port. Tourist says, call your fiancé. Tell him you're not coming home for your wedding. I'm not letting you go. I'm not going to give you permission. And you tell him why. Oh. <gasps> That was right there in front of all the senior officers. She had to do that. It was pretty harsh. Whoa. Um, yeah. Kids like that. That story they like, and then like they, they liked the first one when I got to my first ship brand new, and I, I came down to my room. I opened the door. I turned the light on, and there's a young lady in my bed. <laughs> in my bed. And the... I, I closed the door. I thought, my God, I, I entered the wrong, wrong room. room. Oh, right. how, you know, as I closed the door, the bosun had already put my name on the door. So I'm like, wait a second, this is my room. So I'm like, this is my room. What do you know? Oh, well, I used to go with the, the, the guy you relieved. So uh, I'll just, you're kind of cute. I'll go with you. And I'm like, <gasps> uh, what is going on here? I was like, uh, I, we'll talk. I'm going to sleep in the lounge tonight. And we'll she said, well, I can't move out now. She was in she was in, in, right ensconced in a place. She had she everything. She moved in. She was in there, lock, stock, and she took over because the enlisted uh, ladies, you know, female, they had to live in open birthing, like four high. Right. So if they 
they got together. I mean, this was uh, years ago with, with an officer. officer. They got the, the private room and head. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it was, so the kids just really enjoyed that <laughs> story. <laughs> Stuff like that doesn't happen anymore. Did you have to match make her with somebody else? No, or? no, no. Uh, I, I, you decided to keep her? No, no. <laughs> I've got to keep it professional. I, uh, I went to the lounge that night. My first night, and I'm trying to sleep in the lounge. The captain walks in, and he actually looked at me, and he said, "Oh, was, how come you're not down with so and so?" Like he knew that was going on. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, uh, you know, whatever. You know, I was like, blown away. So uh, you know, it, it was it was interesting first night on the ship. Uh, I really could have used the night in, in bed when I instead of that nasty couch. I right, 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 right. Where many of uh, dirty behind sat on <laughs> that I had to lay So on. next time I see a ship like this sailing by, there's a lot more to, that I'm not seeing. Yeah, that that's uh, what I call the the waning days of the Wild West to go into sea in the Merchant Marine. That that's those days are they're gone. Those were 30 years ago. That was about 30 years ago. So oh. uh, you probably won't see that much anymore. Well, first of all, the reason why we had all the the, the female, the women military on board is because back then they couldn't be on combatant ships. Okay. The shooters. So they put them on the auxiliary ships. Well, now they're not on the ship. They're all on regular ship. They're all over the place. They're in submarines. So right, right. you won't find that anymore as well. And, uh, you know, it was a different time. Oh, yeah. It was a different time. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I got to catch the tail end of that. I mean, this is before, <laughs> it, when you went to sea then, and you, when you turned and, and, and passed the sea buoy, that was it. The, first of all, the captain was a judge, jury, and executioner. There was no, obviously, email. There was no phone. There was no way to get in touch. So whatever the captain said, right. you know, that was law. And I think it was like the last true uh, autocracy. Wow. Um, that changed before I retired. You know, email and phone, things could get off the ship and, the company or the base or the military could call you. And right. So, but those days, that was uh, that interesting. Was it. Yeah. That, it was like was, a floating country. So I'm glad I got to, yeah, with a dictator. <laughs> and if you, had a, if you had a benevolent captain, you were right. good. But if you had the tyrant like I had on my first ship, which I describe in the book, right, right. then that was interesting. Besides being a tyrant, he was a moron. <sighs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and as I say, the ship functioned perfectly in spite of him because right. everyone else was so, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say gifted, experienced and trained. Uh, so we could actually function in spite of this moronic uh, captain. So books like this can't get written anymore. The young guys. The young, women, they won't see that anymore. Anyway. No, this. no. Those, those stories, like uh, I have a story where a guy is so, one of the crew members so drunk that uh, I couldn't get him up the, 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 the gangway to get on the bit. So I, I lit, left him on the pier with blankets and watched him, you know, you know, all night until he's sober. I mean, if that happened today, we'd have a whole incident. The guy would probably be fired, and you know, we'd have a safety stand down and drink it. But back then, uh, the rule was you you could drink as much as one as long as you could make it up on your own steam. We'd say up the gangway. Uh, but there was no drinking. There's no technically the ships are dry at sea, okay. so you're not supposed to have any alcohol at sea. But I always, uh, you know, I have a I have a hypothesis. I said that when you go to sea, you're either a drunk or crazy. So it, throughout the book, I'm like, see, you're either drunk or crazy. So the, they're mostly drunk on the ship. 
Now they're not supposed to have, but interesting enough, there's they're they're all Somehow functioning they alcoholics. Wow. It's nothing else for them to do. Smoke cigarettes is the other thing they can do. A lot of smoking on cigarettes. And I wasn't a smoker, so that was a that was a tough uh, when you're enclosed in a small wheelhouse yeah. bridge and four people are chain smoking. So and, uh, and they, they won't stop because, you know, oh, the union says, mate, the union says we could, we could smoke. I'm like, okay, but for me, can you do it for me? No, we can't do that. So. How long are these ships out at sea at, at a clip? Well, these, this was interesting. My longest was 22 months straight. I felt like I was in the whaling days. 22 Two months. months? Yeah, I'll never forget it. It was during the start of the second uh, uh, Gulf War. I left. My son was in second grade. I got back. He was in fourth grade. <gasps> So I missed, you know, the end of second, all of third, and the beginning of fourth. Did he recognize you when you came back? Uh, it, it, it's not a good life for family. Yeah. So I would say it's it's horrible uh, life for family. It's not like the Navy. So the Navy, you know, they have shore duty where they can be at shore. In the Merchant Marine, you, you go to sea. And, and now the, the tour was six months, that I had to do a minimum of six months. But because I had some specialized skills in the area of the ammunition, they couldn't get a relief for me. That's another problem. They have to get someone to relieve you. So I was overdue for like a year. Uh, you know, you could always uh, quit, but then that would be like a desertion because it's wartime. So I, I stayed on the 22 months. I'll never forget that. But normally my assignments were eight or nine months straight, okay. which is still a lot. That's still a lot, especially yeah. when you have a young family. A family, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's a, that's a challenge. Yeah, I can't uh, imagine. To keep a... a, a a relationship and family, uh, and you can't have any, you can't make any plans. Oh, I want to attend so-and-so's wedding, and you don't know if you're going to be at sea, you don't know if you can get a relief, so, right. or so-and-so's graduation, maybe your kid's graduation, you don't know if you're going to be able to make it. You could try, there's no guarantee you're going to get a relief. When I was first officer, I used to kid around with the, with the, with the, with the seamen, the able seamen, and I would say, uh, with who were overdue, and I'd say, oh, Jones, yeah. Yeah, what's up, mate? I said, hey, uh, your relief, he was just born. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be here in 18 years. Nice. <laughs> so uh, that was, <laughs> that was too far off. Yeah. Oh <laughs> he, he was just born yesterday, so you're, you're in good shape. <laughs> and you tell your students this to encourage them to stay in? <laughs> I, I tell them, do, don't, don't do it forever. Try to get out and do something to have a better life. Uh, uh, the you know, the, the, it's beautiful. What you know, there's great stories I have and experiences. I've seen hunting over a hundred countries. Have you? But um, you you give it up on the other side. It's very lonely. Can you imagine you're out there, um, and before email or right, right, right. If something happens, you have nobody. Yeah. To talk to you know. I when I was a young officer, that that horrible captain that day, he punched me out on the bridge wing, which. You know, you could. I couldn't tell anybody or do anything, and I couldn't even talk to anybody about it. I went back to my room and just after I had to finish my duty, and then when I picked myself up off the deck, and and then I just sat there slumped over. So um, nowadays, at least someone could type in, "Hey, I've been assaulted on the ship." Or whatever. <laughs> so. Well, that's good. You could at least type that. But uh, so well, we so, have phones too. So it's a fun life. For the young, for a period of time. If you're young and single, this is a, well, not so much anymore. It's, but back then, it was very fun. I mean, there was parties in so-and-so's room. Uh, uh, but it's very rewarding. Mm -hmm. uh, 
when I'm on the bridge uh, and I come along, I'm, I'm captain and we, we have an aircraft carrier, a super carrier, come alongside and in three hours I can give them a million gallons of jet fuel, I give them 700 pallets of food, ammunition, and uh, you know, they're a national asset. There's only 11 of them, mm -hmm. supposed to be 14, there's 11 are acting right now. And they're so high up, if anything happens, the first thing the Commander-in-Chief says, the President says, where's my carrier? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I have to support that carrier. Right. So, uh, you know, that's a, to me, that's very rewarding. But Absolutely. I'm keeping that, in a, and they eat a lot. There's 5,000 people on that yeah. carrier. And they, yeah, know, if it, wasn't, if it you, wasn't for the replenishment. I think it runs on it. soda and ice cream. That's like, <laughs> because I give them every week, I give them over 400,000 cans of soda a wow. week. The, uh, and um, ice cream, oh, that's the biggest thing. Really? It's hard to give them the ice cream. You're in the middle of the Persian Gulf. It's the summer. It's like 115, 120 out. And I have to transfer by helicopter pallets of ice cream. I have to keep. And one time when I was a first officer, I wasn't the captain on the one ship, uh, it, the ice cream, when it got over to the carrier, it was melted. And I... I didn't hear the end of that. <laughs> so I had to c come up with a new way. So it was funny. So whenever we're getting ready to send the ice cream, we call over to this. Are you ready to receive the ice cream? <laughs> yes, we're ready. To okay, because we're bringing it out of the freezer now. You're ready. <laughs> so we get it up. Okay, it's out of the freezer. Are you ready? Helicopter, stand by. Are you ready to take it? I mean, it's like, this is ice cream. Hey, I'm loving ice cream, man. I'm all for taking but that's care of the that's what the, you know, that's why I say the, the, sh the ship over there runs on ice cream and soda. Uh, you know, it's a younger on the on the carrier, the average age is like 19. But on our ships, the average age is like 50, 52. Seriously? Yeah. So our guys, they want coffee and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't really, really, really care about the ice cream as much. Uh, but they want the coffee and cigarettes. I'm coffee. the ice cream girl. I'd be making sure you got it there without melting. The food is terrible, but somehow no one's losing weight, I always say. That's, <laughs> I always love that. I said, you know, the food's so bad, but because they're eating all the snacks and stuff like that. So. <laughs> Yo, well, I'm sure you're not bringing in, like, veggies. No. I always thought it was funny. I'm, when I went to my first ship, I learned that pe people eat things that my mother used to threaten to feed me if I were bad, you know, like uh, pig's knuckles and, oh and uh, frog's legs and... and I always thought that was, oh, you know, just a joke. We, I get on the ship. They had it on the menu. Did they really? Yeah. And you ate it? No. No. I, don't, <laughs> I, tell, I used to tell the, the steward, I don't eat spare parts. <laughs> I don't do spare parts. No, I wouldn't eat the pig's legs, the frog legs, the, the ham hocks, uh, or the chitlins. Uh, oh, yeah, which chitlins. Is, which mm. is, you know, pig intestine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I didn't eat any of that, but uh, it was very popular. And probably not too healthy, actually. So that's why. That's know, why nobody's losing. And weight. They, they cooked with lard too. I always thought oh, it was yeah. funny. They send us to these physicals. Hey, your cholesterol's high. Yeah, but you're using lard on the ship. I mean, you send yeah. me out for nine months on a ship where I'm. I have to eat. Uh, you, you know, how can I keep my cholesterol down? <laughs> <laughs> and then they complained. Some of the crew I would have as captain, I would have a menu review board. Right, right. So the crew would come in. I had one crew that said, "We don't have enough fried food here." I said, we don't have enough fried food. That's all we do is fry everything here. <laughs> well, we're glad we got you off the ship eventually uh, so that, you know, we can get you healthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's an experience. Uh, it's yes, the, it, was, it was fun. Like I said, it was a rewarding, and you see a lot of uh, different people. Right. Uh, right. 
probably people uh, that you would never run into in your life unless they're at sea. There's, uh, there's quite a few malcontents out there. I'm sure and, there are. And uh, for lack of a little undesirable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they all made it into a, a fictionalized story, but uh, people, people you said uh, who, who were involved, you can kind of read between the lines with some of this stuff. Right. Officially, it's all fiction. It's, yeah. Officially, it's all fiction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all, all the names it's have been changed, changed to, to protect, protect the, the innocent. There you go. <laughs> or protect the guilty. That's right. Whichever way you want to put it. So uh, I, I guess uh, for our viewers out there, if chitlins and uh, seasickness pills don't appeal, but you want to hear all about the glory days on the high seas, firsthand experience from a master mariner uh, professor at... Uh, the Merchant Marine Academy and uh, captain of that ship. Captain Chandra Torres steaming to Djibouti. You can get it every place and uh, and you could read it and be dry and safe and, and have a, a nice cup of coffee in your hand while you do so. And the, the stories are quite amusing. You'll get a good laugh out of them. Absolutely. Captain, thank you so thank much you for joining me. us and thank you for joining us. Happy reading. Thanks so much for joining us for Once and Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show, so your review could launch new books every day. Thanks again for joining us, and happy writing!